When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. My name is Nick. I want to thank you so much for listening. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, and share. We really appreciate it, and it really helps us out. If you can't tell, I am endlessly entertained by this week's episode. I really am, because I think we've got a really cool guest, and this episode also allows me to really annoy my friends. And I just enjoy that. I really enjoy that so much. Coming up on this episode, we're going to be talking with a very well-known independent wrestler about exactly what that kind of life is like. Because everybody usually knows about the WWE, but there are all these other wrestling promotions that are really starting to gain a lot of traction. And people are so, so into this. So I thought it would be really interesting to talk to somebody who has been in that circuit for a long time. So we're going to be having that coming up. We're also going to be talking to my friend John Shaw, and we're doing something a little bit new in this episode of the podcast. He's been wanting to be more involved. So we thought it would be a good idea that he was going to lead one of the segments, and this basically turns out to be a complete disaster. But in his defense... I'm a firm believer that sometimes you can fail so badly that you actually end up succeeding. So I'm really interested in hearing what you guys are going to have to say about this. Our first guest, though, is somebody that has been a professional wrestler for nearly a decade. And in that time, he's gone by a lot of different names. Adam Jones, Nora Furnham, Pretty Peter. Right now, though, you'll know him as the biggest man in professional wrestling. This is Peter Avalon. And I'm always fascinated by what people's lives are really like. Like, what is your life really like if you're doing this certain thing? So it was interesting that when we caught up with him, he was doing something that is essential to professional wrestling, tanning. Is that an integral part of of the wrestling experience, is the tanning? Well, I've tried to incorporate it more into my my regimen with uh, the current character that I'm doing. I hate the beds. I'm such like a weird dermaphobe. So I make sure to find a place that has the stand-up one. Do you have to wipe it down or anything like that, or do you just kind of grin and bear it? Uh, the stand-up one, it's just the bottom of my feet, so I grit and bear that. But anything else, I'm just, I, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> how? I mean, how long, how often do you have to go in and do it? Uh, I go in about every two to three days. Uh, I was going to go in yesterday, but I fell asleep on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> you went straight from high school into wrestling school, basically, right? Oh man, I uh, I graduated June thirteenth, uh, two thousand and seven, and then the next, the very next day, June fourteenth, was my birthday, my eighteenth birthday, and it was also the first day I went to wrestling class. So yeah, I jumped right into training right out of high school. How come? I mean, why so quickly? Was this something you were just waiting and waiting to do? I've always been entertainment 
minded. I always like entertaining, and and wrestling was all uh, was always a, an incredible inter- so, uh, source of entertainment for me. And I just had to give it a shot. That's it. I just I saw it, and I was like, I have to I have to try it. How did it? I mean, were you pretty successful then, right when you started training? That you thought, oh wow, I can I can really do this. I can keep doing it. Uh, yeah, I, I I find myself to be a natural athlete. I've always been. I've always found myself playing outside and doing doing stuff that was athletic. I took uh, kickboxing as a kid. I played basketball. Uh, I ran track and field. Uh, I was on the wrestling team. So I was an athletic kid. I would you know, I'd be climbing trees, top of trees, back down trees, on top of roofs. So it just kind of it kind of made sense. I was always a ham. I was always a trying to be a comedian, uh, a smart ass. Um, if a camera was rolling, I wanted to be on the camera. I wanted to play in front of the camera. I wanted to be seen. So it just kind of made sense, all that mixed together, to do what I'm doing. Growing up as a, as, a, as a kid, were you always watching wrestling? I got into it in the elementary school, so yeah. I guess I found myself eventually consumed by it. Was there any kind of one experience, like watching a show or a WrestleMania or a certain character or anything like that that really sticks out in your mind? Uh, I don't have a certain moment. I just remember uh, starting to to watch it and find myself into certain characters. I would always kind of tune in and then kind of tune out at certain people. But, of course, Steve Austin and The Rock and then uh, uh, Kurt Angle was my, my, my man, my number one. How come? What about Kurt Angle? Because because he was a wrestler too, and then you were a wrestler growing up. I think it was just he was he, he's relatable. I mean, besides being you know a, a world class Olympian, the way they portrayed portrayed Kurt, you know, he was goody two shoes, tried too hard, you know, and then and, and then he could be uh, he was a, he's a goof. He was supposed to be a big deal, but then people booed him, and, 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 and it was great. So you started out, obviously, you went to a, a training. Is that, that the correct way to call it? Is it a training school? or uh, My journey, I went in with a friend. Uh, we, we, we signed up. We paid our money. Uh, we started training. So we, we, we get in there, and we start doing just a basic, basic training. It's roles, uh, just kind of getting a feel for the ring. Um, and then me and my friend commit to going uh, to training for uh, two times a week. We go on Thursdays and Sundays. Uh, I made sure to go to every training. Uh, four months in, there was a you know, it was like a like a try like not a tryout show, but just like a, an exhibition kind of an exhibition. Yeah, it was in front of family and friends and trying to give uh, the the students a, a taste of what a, an actual show is. And I had my I guess that was my first match under a mask was four months in wasn't any good uh, my dad was there to watch it uh, and then two months later uh, in training I uh, I had a practice match there that was not in that exhibition it was just in the class and I broke my arm Ooh. doing a move off the uh, top rope luckily uh, that was the very last move of the match so I did the move off the top and I broke my arm and I pinned the guy one two three they go, wow, that was good. I think we can uh, we can work towards getting you uh, on some shows, some local shows. And I go, no, I don't think so. And I let my arm go, and my hand just kind of starts flopping. Oh my and, gosh! And they're like, oh, they're like, oh wow, we uh, probably should get you to the to the hospital. Uh, a few months later, I had my first match, November two thousand and eight, in San Bernardino for uh, the Empire Wrestling Federation, which is a company of Jesse Hernandez. 
and then and then I've just been going since then, since November two thousand and eight. Does somebody just spot you at a show and say, "Okay, we can use that guy," or how does how do you kind of move up the ranks? It's worked a number of different ways. Uh, I've been fortunate enough that I placed myself uh, through my own research and my own observation. I aligned myself with the right people and the right companies that I was able to. Uh, move up and meet the right people. I hooked up with uh, David Marquez at the uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood uh, very early on in my career. And he uh, put me on his uh, television broadcast very early on. I was the very first match on the very first episode uh, in 2010. Oh, wow. So I was only, yeah, I was only about a year and a half into actually being a, a professional at the time. You wrestled recently for the the WWE, right? If Wikipedia is correct, at least. Yes. Uh, I also wrestled uh, very early on with, uh, for television with Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. I also was with uh, the Pro Wrestling Guerrilla Company in Los Angeles. It's a very high-profile, high independent organization. I was with them before two years in on my, in my career. Uh, just recently, uh, and in 2013, I worked with uh, TNA Impact uh, as the Norm Furnham character uh, to help develop their EC3 character, who's now with the WWE. Uh, I did work with the WWE, just some extra work. They used me as an enhancement talent. Was that when you wrestled with the WWE, for somebody maybe from the outside of it, was that kind of the the making it experience, or, or is that maybe different when you're more inside the business? They just say, hey, we need somebody on Tuesday. They reach out uh to people in the area that they need and you go and then they give you an opportunity potentially there that day. I didn't know about this opportunity until I was there. I was given it uh, to me there when they saw me in my gear. No, I don't consider it making it at all. No, it's uh, it's another opportunity. Making it would be, you know, paying your bills. Uh, be that being your primary source of income and you make it your, uh, your star. Have you... Are you at that point? Are you close to that point, or where are you? Where? I, wrestling is my primary source of income. I guess I should word it in the sense that if I was John Cena, I've made it. Yeah, yeah. I'm no John. I'm, I'm no John Cena by any means. But you're doing well enough. Is this is this the the only job at the time? Uh, now I'm, do, I'm doing well now that uh, producing wrestling. I, I work with now. I work with. Uh, championship Wrestling from Hollywood. I, I am the uh, one of the producers for Championship Wrestling from Arizona, uh, and I do wrestle full time. Uh, so wrestling is my primary source of income. What's your favorite kind of match? I would say in general, or the, uh, my, the my the favorite that I've had is a cage match I had with my former tag team partner Ray Rosas for our Championship Wrestling from Hollywood broadcast. Um, I guess my favorite match is just one with some drama to it. It doesn't matter what it is, just something with some drama behind it that I know the story why these guys are fighting, you know? And that's what made me and Ray Rosas my favorite is that it was a story of two friends turned enemies. And it was just a classic story and it was told well. How much planning goes into to a match? Or are people who are pretty experienced that you can just go out there with five minutes preparation? Or do you really kind of have to like walk through the different moves and things? It really depends on who you're in there with. I can do it both. I can do both. I can work with somebody who's brand new and needs to be kind of helped and guided and maybe prepped a lot more. Or I could go in there with somebody who knows what they're doing and we don't have to talk over anything. We can do it 
on the fly. I remember kind of when I was growing up, there was the big discussion of like, oh, it's not real. It is real. Is that still a thing or have people kind of accepted it and like, look, this is a story? I think people are starting to accept it. It's it's entertainment and it's also the most real thing I've ever I've ever done as well. <laughs> Why do you say that? Uh, I, just, I feel you can relate wrestling to just a lot of normal life and just because wrestling at the end of the day from the from its history just emulated real life and was looking to just blend in and be real. I, I apply a lot of the stuff I've learned in, 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 from wrestling into my normal life and I could see just, you know, people when people are acting pretend, you can kind of see it. People are playing a gimmick in, in life, you can see it, things like that. Is it addicting at all? Like, do you, does it... Do you feel like you couldn't walk away from it if you wanted to? I guess it is. Uh, people ask me why I would want to do something like that. Why do you want to hurt yourself? And then I, I can't give a good enough answer that would ever change their mind. So I guess so. Why are some people, some of the fans, and fans that I've known and people that I've worked with, they are so into it. Like they are into it. They know all the wrestlers. They know all the stories. Why do you think that is? To be a wrestler, you have to be passionate about it, and I think that bleeds in, that bleeds through to, to, the, to the fans when they're watching it. And if we're passionate about it, they'll be passionate about it, and vice versa. If they're passionate about it, we'll be passionate about it. You think that basically it's because you guys are kind of so into it that people are so into these characters, it just draws people in. Absolutely. I mean, that's the best. That's the best kind of kind of performance for anything is if is if the performer buys buys their own, you know, they can buy into themselves and they know they're doing it and they feel it because then you can feel it too. Have you been, I noticed that you've wrestled under a, di- a couple of different names. Have those been different characters? Uh, the North Furnham character was a completely different character. That was TN, that was Impact's character for me. And then uh, Pretty Peter, Professional Peter, and Producer Peter, that's all kind of been blended together. And uh, there's tweaks here and there for what it was. Pretty Peter was what I developed myself. It was just uh, uh, Pretty Boy, uh, chicken. Uh, excuse my French, but a chicken shit Pretty Boy. And then I developed myself into a continuing on the, the chicken shit heel aspect. But I'm not a Pretty Boy anymore. I'm uh, uh, professional. I find I call myself as my gimmick is like I guess a, a corporate stooge with uh, championship wrestling from Hollywood. I work with the uh, head matchmaker Nico Marquez, and we're we act like we run the place. Is it, which one of those is funner to be? I mean, is it funner to be the kind of the good guy? Is it funner to be the bad guy? I like being a bad guy. I'll admit it. What about being the bad guy is more entertaining? I guess it's just uh, uh, to release, to release. How off the stage, so to speak. Do people kind of still treat you like the bad guy, or are they like, okay, he was just playing a character, now it's cool to meet him in person? It depends. It depends. I've had it both ways. Have you ever had any kind of really negative experiences in that light? Yeah, I've had a lot of people um, embrace that, 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 that persona is me, and then when they see me uh, at the merch, merchandise table or at the rest, or, you know, if they happen to walk by me, at the uh, at the show or something, uh, they've 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 kept the illusion alive. They they'll they'll talk smack. They'll say something. Uh, I've been confronted. Uh, you name it. What have they like said to you? 
you name it. There's a lot of it I'm afraid to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's it's an exp- you can say anything on a podcast. No, yeah, I've, I've been called every uh, every negative slander under the under the sun. I, I remember doing these uh, these uh, concert shows in Las Vegas, and uh, it was just such such derogatory things. Calling call me the you know the, the f word and. Uh, Commenting on my on my sexuality and all the, all, these, all these things and just getting really hurtful. And then you look at them and it's like you're and they're like twelve years old. You get kids <laughs> yelling bigoted things to you, and then you get their their uh, their fathers or their uncles that want to fight you. And uh, but that's what I mean by wrestling is based on a lot of a lot of reality. The wrestling throughout throughout the time, 60s, 70s, 80s, it's all been trying to get people to get under your skin and, and get you to give them real emotion and, and, and real drama and real, just real. That's yeah. that real. A lot of the stuff being yelled at me, that's why it's a lot. It's, I love being the heel character because it's just through my observations of just being me throughout my, my, my normal life and just watching people, uh, you, you take the negative aspects of how people treat you normally. And you amplify it a hundred percent, and then you—this is why people will give you this real emotion because you're giving it. You're giving that what they don't, what they give to you, they don't want to receive, but they're getting it from this character. So they they give you, they give you this real, this real stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's interesting there's that it's real, it's real hatred and real bigotry in, the, in in their words, and there's real, real, uh, real, and then on the other spectrum too, where. Uh, I, I did a show last night where I had a mask on and I was trying to be sex, a sexy vampire. And <laughs> Lucha Vavum, I was Vampiro Blanco. And there is mystery in the mask. Uh, a lot of a lot of women and a lot of men were very open sexually with me that I'm sure they wouldn't be if they can see my face. Were they kind of... <laughs> they were kind of just kind of come up, coming up and hitting on you because of the vampire. Yeah, telling uh, telling me how, how delicious I am and and touching my abs and squeezing my butt. I, I mean, I see it, I feel it, I I understand, I understand the real emotion that a lot of this pulls out of people with wrestling in in, in, different, in a different sense. Is that strange to you, or you have you kind of gotten used to it? But to me, that sounds like what? What's going on here? Just watch next time. Uh, watch, watch the fans when 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 you have a, a real heel healing a crowd and they're giving it to them and I, you know picking on people and, and things like that. Like you, you you see this drama. It's it's unbelievable. What's it's something the... else on the other side? It's it's something else. And I think that's what draw what drew me to it. Drew me to it. Uh, watching it on television. There's a lot of these guys for real loving what Steve Austin was doing. Not just like, yeah, he's out here doing it, but like, like, hell yeah, he's actually, he's beating the shit out of his boss. And like, it was their life. Oh. Their life to see this happen. I, I looked at Wikipedia. Are you kind of a smaller guy for wrestling or is it all over the place now? Wrestling's all over the place now. Now I'm, I think I'm a, I, I, I'm almost an average. Uh, it used to be a, a Giants game. When I, I got into indie wrestling ten years ten years ago because I observed uh, it was a, it started to, it was starting to become a smaller guy's game and now you have guys that the average is less than two hundred pounds and like less than like six foot tall and less. I've noticed that because I looked at you know I remember growing up and like it was Hulk Hogan even like Steve Austin I think is really six three six four and now you look at him and like that 
he kind of just looks like a regular guy. Yeah, it's now it's it's more so about the athlete and the the, the sense of competition and um, in that sense. The lifestyle, though, does that wear on you? Has because you know I used to see all these things on like thirty for thirty of these guys like Razor Ramon, and they end up in these situations. Is the lifestyle itself hard, or has that started to change? I think for everybody, it started to change because so much information is available now on how to take care of yourself and how to train and be healthy and train. Like everybody is so healthy and like naturally healthy. Now go look at every, everybody on the WWE roster and like half of them are like vegan, you know, it's not that kind of same, Hey, I'm hurting pop these pain pills kind of attitude necessarily. Right. A lot of these guys can, can, can hang now with that because of a lot of different research and science that's been discovered. How much time goes into like training and working out and stretching and all those kind of things? Uh, I train five to six times a week uh, in the gym. Uh, I'm constantly stretching. I'm uh, constantly trying to. Uh, I got, I'm going to find time to eat. Um, it's just it's a con- you're constantly on the go and you're constantly uh, on the move. Is and it, it is it is wearing and taxing. Do, do you do a lot of travel? Absolutely. I just came back from Nashville. Uh, I'm all over California all the time. Uh, I'm going down to San Diego tomorrow, and then I have to go to do our television taping for Championship Wrestling from Hollywood out in Oxnard, which is an all-day thing. There's talk of China soon with our Championship Wrestling from Hollywood brand again coming up. Uh, So I'm constantly on the move. Uh, I'm back and forth from Phoenix all the time with our Championship Wrestling from Arizona brand. Is it the kind of – I mean, is it exhausting? Could you, like – can you have a family and do this kind of thing? Uh, no, uh, maybe. Uh, I'm not looking for any of that right now, so it works for me. Uh, and I like having an all-over-the-place schedule and not having to be really bound just to one thing. Uh, it's nice. It can be It can be stressful. I had an accident earlier this year where uh, it caught up to me, and I, I, had to ca- I didn't make a booking because uh, of a medical mistake. So I... Uh, I passed out and I hit my head at a train station. And oh I had to go God. in for I had to go in for stitches, so I missed my flight. The passed out was it like concussion related or just kind of one of those things that happened? Dehydration. It was just I was on the move and I passed out. Doing well now though. Oh, I'm great now. You live and you learn, and you and the hustle catches up to you sometimes, and then it's just about living and learning and taking care of yourself. When I see like you're getting hit, and it looks like you're getting hit really hard. Are you really getting hit really hard? Yeah, go look at my Instagram. I'm, I have plenty of marks up on me all the time. It's that's what I mean. Wrestling wrestling is more real than people like to think it is. Um, my the blood I've had on me is my blood. Uh, when I have been hit by things, I'm being hit by a thing. When I have been punched, I have been punched. I have been I have been beat up by 500 pound men, by almost seven feet tall. And I've been beat up by little people. I, you know, and it's all real. It all hurts. That's um, all a part of the show. I feel like you, you, but you're not sore just like all the time. Because I took a, I jumped down three flights of stairs with my son today. Not three flights of stairs, but three stairs, and my knees feel like they're bleeding. Like, how do you take that? Uh, I do it. I'm doing. I do it a lot. I do it a lot. I jump off the top rope all the time. So I guess you get used to it. That's how you can do it. You got to do it more. You got to jump off. So you got to jump down those flights of steps more. <laughs> I got to be in better shape, apparently. How do you come up with the different characters? That's the fun. Uh, 
it, it can be agonizing because sometimes you don't know what to do. But then when you get a, when you get something going, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, we have this character on the show named Robert Baines. Uh, so he's been a lot of fun to write for because he's outrageous. Uh, are you still very much into the wrestling aspect of it? Or are you kind of switching to more behind the scenes, or is that just a temporary kind of character it's thing? Anything and everything. That's about, uh, I think, opening up uh, options for myself as a, a, a as a person, and just trying different things. I like writing for the show, and I like performing for the show, and I like I like doing it all. Um, who is your favorite wrestler of all time? Kurt Angle. Any any close second at all, or is he way up there? Kurt Angle's number one. Uh, number two and number three, number four and number five, they vary all the time. It depends on the time of day. But Kurt Angle's my number one hardcore. And then I guess uh, I like Shawn Michaels, Eddie Guerrero, uh, Christian I, li- I really like a lot. Um, and uh, my uh, personal favorite is uh, Dean Malenko. The last kind of thing I had is like, what's what's the goal right now moving forward? What's the dream? I think the dream is just seeing seeing what I can do. How I, I can make myself uh, the best version of Peter Avalon I, I, I can and uh, carve my my own path here in uh, pro wrestling. It's a different time. Is it picking up or is it, um, I mean, just wrestling in a whole, as a whole? Is it, it, it's, Absolutely. It seems like it goes through phases every once in a while. We're in a, we're in a uh, we're not in a recession. We are definitely on the up with uh, with wrestling. It's a lot of different avenues to, to create uh, income, uh, a lot of different opportunities available uh, on television, on the internet, and all over the world. So it's it's a great time to be a wrestler. It does seem like there's all these different kinds of. I mean, it's definitely not just WWE, and that's it. And it seemed like at one point that was the whole kind of thing, and now like there's all these shows. Yeah. Plenty of different options. It's it's great. New Japan, Ring of Honor, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. It's great. Um, what's coming up, man? Well, we got our Championship Wrestling from Hollywood taping this Sunday at uh, in Port Wyneme. It's at 3 p.m. at the Ocean View Pavilion. Uh, you can check out our information at HollywoodWrestling.com. Uh, I have Bar Wrestling, which is Joey Ryan's Bar Wrestling, on Thursday, November 1st. Uh, in, I believe, Baldwin Park. This is a spooky time, spectacular, the day after Halloween. Uh, it's going to be fun. And then uh, Saturday, November 3rd, we are in Mesa, Arizona, for the championship wrestling from Arizona tapings at the Nile Theater. Uh, those are at 3 p.m. Uh, you get tickets at the box office. And that's going to be a great show. It's our final television taping of the year. I'm stoked for that one. we got a lot of surprises planned for that one, so... I want to thank Peter Avalon so much for joining us. If you want to connect with him, you can find his social media accounts through our social media account, Profoundly Pointless. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. He's a really good follow, not only because you can find out all of the different tour dates that are going to be coming up, but he's good at posting pictures that really take you inside of the different events that he's at. And some of them are, some of them are pretty interesting, to say the least. Now we're going to go ahead and let's give John Shaw a call. And the reason that I was so excited to begin at the beginning of this episode is because it's Halloween and my son is dressed up. His name is Logan and he's dressed up as Hulk Logan. 
has the whole Hulkamania thing, has the spandex, has all of that stuff. I took a picture of him, tweeted it out, and Hulk Hogan himself liked it and then retweeted it. And I know, I know that this annoys John because right after that happened, right after he liked it, I called him and he refused to answer. And then right after Hulk Hogan retweeted it, I immediately called John multiple times and he refused to answer. And I know that he's seen it and I know that he's annoyed by it. So I'm going to go ahead and give him a call right now. I also think that he's going to continue to try to pretend to be mature when we all know he really isn't. Hello, Nicholas. I knew you were going to continue. No, wait. I thought that maybe you would stop trying to be mature. Uh, I was actually going to try to do something Halloweenish, but then I couldn't really make up what I was going to do. So then I was going to answer the phone and go, Happy Halloween. But then I thought that that's a little weird. So I didn't do that, obviously. Why do you think that's weird? Because I really don't hope you have a happy Halloween, to be honest, and I don't really care. So then I figured I would just answer like, I didn't know you were calling me. But you answered and you immediately said my name. Listen, let's not get into logistics here. We don't need to, you know, we don't need to get into he said, she said. I feel like you came up with half a plan, realized it wouldn't work, bailed, and then just messed up on everything. Pretty much. So you're not very good in pressure situations. But see, I wouldn't say that. I actually think I'm quite good in pressure situations. Well, recent experience has shown us overwhelmingly no. I don't, I don't understand. Can you give me an example of one of these situations? About 30 seconds ago. <laughs> okay, besides, besides answering the telephone. Okay, and one that I didn't just tell you. You need to come up with an original one. I've seen you talk to women. Uh, well, <laughs> that's fair, I guess. That's, that's fair. I mean, I, basically, us... I came up with three examples in 20 seconds. Well, not all of us can be five foot two. First of all, I'm five eight and three quarters, and I'm now, I'm now a hundred and three quarters. There's no way I am. I was measured to get life insurance. You were measured to get life. I remember the days of getting life insurance. No wait, yeah, life insurance. Wait, you don't have life insurance? You need to get life insurance now that you're a dad. No, I have life insurance. I thought it was stupid to get life insurance. When did you? My wife thinks that it's important because she must think that my unhealthy lifestyle is going to cause me to die soon i kind of i would agree with that that was melissa john's wife by the way yeah she just wanted to get her three seconds of fame in do you realize that our wives have been talking to each other about taking this over (laughs) i've heard rumors of that I, i i i would love to see them to to hear a woman's only podcast by our wives we could do, we could do a special episode <laughs> probably be the highest rated one yet i wonder i really wonder it would either be fantastic or it would just be terrible it would it would be absolutely terrible speaking of terrible awesomeness i need to give your son some props for his fantastic halloween costume how jealous of my life are you right now I was, uh, I mean, I, I was and continue to be pretty jealous of Hulk Hogan. Uh, it, it was a like, right? He liked the tweet. He didn't just like it. He liked and retweeted. Yeah, what, uh, yeah well, your, son, your son's already cooler than me, and he's like three and a half. Here's my thing, though. I feel like it's even bigger than a like and a retweet because he liked it one day 
waited a day and then retweeted. So he was thinking about it for at least 24 hours. We're basically best friends. I mean, did you send him a direct message or tweet at him to, to get on the show? No, because, hey, look, he's got better things to do than that. He's putting the NWO back together right now. <laughs> First off, don't ever try to act like you know anything about professional wrestling. I mean, like, like I, we need to take this global, like, like to India. We actually have a dedicated listenership in Ireland, Belgium, and Sweden. Well, I, well, I get Ireland. I don't really understand the other two. Why do you get Ireland? Because, I mean, we're like, you're not Irish. I am, actually. I believe... Actually, I am Irish. I took a DNA test. I'm 15% Irish. Wow, you're 15% Irish? Yeah, I was shocked. Nobody knows where it came from. So you really are like a little leprechaun. Damn it, I walked right into that. I have a couple of questions for you. Um, I've been, I have you set up for Twitter notifications, so I basically see every tweet that you send out. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I already know where this is going. What I did, the two things. Number one, why are you so interested in sports that you're not any good at? I, I, I don't understand what, I mean, you need to explain that. Which sports are you referring to? Baseball and soccer. I know for a fact you're not good at either of those sports, but you're constantly tweeting about them. First off, soccer, I'll give you 100%. Baseball, I at least played at the next level, so at least I can say that I was, I pretended to be halfway decent. What is, and I could, I could still strike you out 10 times out of 10. What exactly is the next level? Division two. Which is really like the equivalent of, uh, I you know, really thought that you were going to say like middle school. Um, wait like, a minute. Where did you play at the next level, Division Two? Well, first off, if, if you're going to throw me on blast here, I think I should call you out, and uh, you know, let's hear your your career points per game uh, at your college. Right, you played college basketball, right? No. I thought you played college basketball. I played intramurals in college. Um, do you want to hear my greatest athletic accomplishment? I have a feeling it involves Darren Sproles at a bar. I was once, and there is a lot of disclaimers to this comment, I was once the third fastest kid in Kansas. That is not correct by any means. It is, it is when you really technically break it down. But only then. Otherwise, it's completely not true. <laughs> okay, so in ter- speaking in terms of technicality, like explain to me how you were the, at one time the third fastest kid in Kansas. I was in eighth grade. I was running in a statewide Catholic school track meet, and I got third place in the 110-meter hurdles. So... <laughs> That allows me to claim that at one time, I was the third fastest kid in Kansas. There's so many things. Oh, it's completely not true, but I can still say it. No, you you were the third fastest kid in the 110-meter hurdles. In Kansas, you're right. In the 8th grade Catholic League meet. Yeah, but I can just sum it up to make it shorter as I was the third fastest kid in Kansas. You're not even faster than Chris Page, by the way. Chris Page, by the way, is a person that we once timed a 40 with, and he made it about 10 feet and then fell down. Captured on video. Also, my other question would be, I see you tweeting and not responding to my text about Hulk Hogan. Jesus. You're like, you're, you're like a, 
a giddy like school kid that texts a woman and then she doesn't get back to you within like 10 minutes so you think she hates you and you throw your phone to the river and contemplate you know doing bad things to yourself i just want you to acknowledge that me and hulk hogan are best friends i i i need physical skin on skin touching that can be a bro hug a hug a high five but i need physical proof of that interaction and then i will say that you and hulk hogan are acquaintances what do you want to do for our top five list i thought we already discussed this i thought we we're doing halloween costume oh yeah that's right that's right that's right um but we're doing best I, and worst right i mean I, I just got a great idea since you're talking about social media uh, i think we should do the top five celebrities that we would want to meet okay all right we can do that let's do a real quick top five celebrities like you just lift off, list off your five, and then I'll list off my five, and then we'll move into a discussion about the Halloween costumes. So, what are your five celebrities? All right. Well, obviously, number one's The Rock. Okay. Uh, number. Well, oh, I gotta think about it here. You gotta give me a minute. God. I wasn't... This is another example of what we talked about earlier. That when it... get starstruck, so like I gotta think of like people who I would want to meet. You came up with a plan. Ten seconds into the plan, you completely caved. I like to be prepared. What's wrong with being prepared? But you're never prepared. You've never been prepared. Let's see. Hugh Jackman's on the list. Yeah. I'll go ahead and give you my list, which is basically just Tom Hanks and Denzel Washington. And Hulk Hogan. Well, I've already... I mean, we're already best friends. You're not best friends. First off, Denzel Washington overrated. No... Tom Hanks overrated. Not at What are you talking about? Name a no. bad Tom Hanks movie where you were Toy like, Story. oh, Tom, I do not. I can't really get behind Toy Story. I'm not a huge fan of that kind of movie, but it's still a good movie. It has like 90% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It's only a good movie because it defined like the graphical, you know, uh, booming of DreamWorks and Pixar and all that. I have no idea if that's correct, but it sounds you. It made you sound smarter than when you originally started saying something. Well, I appreciate that. Do you did you come up with your list yet? Because you've oh, got the so Rock and Hugh Jackman. What are you even doing? Like, how are you trying to find it? I'm just thinking, just thinking in my brain. You know what I mean? When you I think, I don't get a whole lot of time just to sit in the dark okay. and contemplate my thoughts anymore. When you're thinking, though, are you just – what are you doing? Like are you staring at something? Are you – do you close your eyes? I'm closed. I, actually, I may have just fallen asleep for 10 seconds, <laughs> so we probably should just move on. Yeah, I feel like that was really a terrible suggestion. What are your top Halloween costumes? Because this was a complete disaster. Oh, yeah. Like I, it was a disaster because first off, I don't know – like I have, I have like two columns on five pieces of paper, right? Okay. Are we doing are we doing like Halloween costumes that I've seen or like Halloween costumes that like that I would like want to see or I, picture? I would I would say, you know what, just surprise me. Do what you want. It's your list. All right, fine. So in no order, uh I'm going to go with my first one being those gigantic oversized T-Rex costumes. And uh, now wait, are these the best ones or are these the worst ones? These are the best ones. Okay. I like that costume. To me, though, I base everything on, like, how you can go out partying with that. Because to me, Halloween is the best partying. I don't see how, like, that just becomes too inconvenient. Like, great costume, 
But that's not ultimately going to find you with a significant other at the end of the day. Like, you're not bringing anything home in a T-Rex costume because they can't see you, which is why I would say that's ultimately not a great Halloween costume. Do you remember the time that we were partying with Dwight Howard? (laughs) No, it wasn't Dwight Howard. It was Bo Outlaw. I'm, or, or the Charles Barkley night? Were you there for the Charles Barkley night? Yes. I was yeah. there in physical presence, but my mind, I don't believe, was capable of functioning while well, hanging out with Charles Barkley. But I did I once get a burrito with Bo Outlaw. <laughs> well, I, I, I wasn't there for the, the burrito with Bo Outlaw, I don't think, unless I also wasn't present mentally. However, I do remember you standing next to Charles Barkley and thinking to myself, Holy shit, literally Charles Barkley is two of Nick. He's a like, big man. What are you? You're five foot four, right? Five eight and three quarters, according to Marcy not, with uh, USAA Life Insurance. You are not five eight. There's no way you're five eight and three quarters. No one ever believes that I'm t- – look, I'm not saying I'm a tall man, but no one ever believes how tall I am. He is a big man. Gigantic man, actually. That was a fantastic evening, anyways. This is a good Shout night. out to – Shout out to Sean Lavin if he if he ever listens to this for uh, hooking us up that night. That was also if I no, that's not correct whatsoever. I was gonna say that was the day before Halloween. Then I realized it was All Star Weekend in Orlando, and All Star Weekend is in February, not close to Halloween. I don't have a number five. Um, I just put my number four costume is Wonder Woman. I don't understand. Uh, well, explain it. Why Wonder Woman? Wonder Woman is is burned into my memory because my wife, who was not my wife at the time, once dressed up as Wonder Woman and then almost got into a fight with another woman dressed as Wonder Woman because that Wonder Woman had a cape and my wife was upset because Wonder <laughs> Woman doesn't have a cape and I knew watching this growing, growing engagement and fight that was brewing over Wonder Woman's cape that I would marry that woman. Man, you know, your wife can get quite feisty at, at some times. I've seen, I, I think she's wanted to fight more people uh, when we've been out than I've wanted to fight people. That's saying a lot. She is, uh, she's very aggressive. Um, my number three is a skeleton shirt. I've always loved the skeleton shirt Halloween costume. I, uh, those are fine. I, I'm, I mean, I, you know. Here, here's my thoughts on Halloween costumes. Is that you have? Alright, so here's my thoughts on Halloween costumes. You're not even going to explain why you keep hanging up on me. I don't know why I keep hanging up on you. There's something going on with my phone. I will say you did an excellent job of jumping right back into the conversation. Also an excellent job of not trying to call me back. Because it seems like whenever you do that with somebody's parents, you're going to spend at least 10 minutes calling each other back, and then you just give up and no one talks to each other again. (laughs) Um, so far, I've got Wonder Woman and skeleton shirt. What do you have for best Halloween costume? Uh, let's say a Catwoman, because if if you know if if a woman can fill out a good Catwoman costume, it's pretty badass. Why Catwoman uh, though? Why not Batwoman, Spider Woman? What is it because, specifically about Catwoman? Because you know, first off, it's she's like a cat that's a woman, which is pretty badass. You know, you realize that Catwoman actually doesn't have any superpower. She's not cat-like at all. Yeah, but that's kind of what makes her the hottest out of all of these, you know, superhero women. Because she's like Clark Kent. She's just a normal person 
Clark Kent's not a normal person. Clark Kent is Superman in disguise. Catwoman doesn't... She's just Catwoman. Listen, I really feel like this whole episode, we, we haven't stayed on any direction at all. Well, I just can't allow you to say these things without any kind of... Any kind of listen, response. Listen, can, can, can I just give my tip of the week? I have a good tip of the week this week. We got to get through the Halloween costumes first. Fine. All right. Because you're, you're going to dispute all of them then. I just don't understand. You're, you're trying to say that Catwoman is like Clark Kent. They're not the same. That Catwoman has powers. She doesn't. Anyway, but you like Catwoman. First off, I never said Catwoman had powers, ever. I said that she was a cat that is a woman. How is that different than having powers? Because cats don't have any powers. Well, if you're a woman that is a cat, you would have, you would be a woman that has cat powers. But yeah, but cats don't have powers. But if you're a person that is a cat, that would be you have the power to be a cat. No, you're just a woman that is a cat. How is that not a power? It's it's not a power. I think we're gonna because have she to. Doesn't tr- she doesn't transform into the cat. That would be a power. But then how is she – but you said she's a woman that's a cat. Yeah, because she's she's nimble, nimble and patient and feisty and crazy. So she's cat-like. She's not actually a cat. Yeah, whatever. Now you're getting into the, the language of it. Yeah. <laughs> now you're getting into the – now you're getting into the definition you know, of words. Tomato, <laughs> tomato, potato, potato. I'm getting hot over here. I'm getting hot. I'm getting hot. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> I'm getting hot. I also have any dinosaur, which I'm sure you're going to say something about. I'm only going to say that how could you have T-Rex and other dinosaurs? Also, why would you want to be another dinosaur besides T-Rex? But anyway, I have any kind of – see, but I based my Halloween costumes basically on how easy they are to put together. I mean, that's fine. We, You know, we, we have different tastes, you know? I mean, whatever. I have medical professional, either a doctor or a nurse, because it's obvious that you're wearing a costume, but also very easy to get. Scrubs, very comfortable. The only problem with scrubs is where are you going to put your wallet? <laughs> the scrubs have pockets. But they're not good pockets, man. That's a pocket no, you're going to— good pockets. No, you're going to get your wallet stolen out of scrubs. My wife wears scrubs for her profession— does she put her and, wallet in there? No, but that's because she has a locker. So she really doesn't have any experience carrying a wallet. But, I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, but in terms of a costume that doesn't have accessibility, that is, like, not even on the top of a thousand, I think. I agree with you. What's your number two or three or wherever you are? Uh, for best costumes, uh, any that require just wearing a mask and then regular clothes. So it's like you put no effort at all into, you know, the bottom half or in your, you know, your shirt, but then you just put on a mask and you go and you have a fantastic time. I could see that. I've never worn a mask costume. It seems to me to be too difficult to drink with the mask. So that's why I'm against it, but I understand and agree with the easiness of the costume. Um my number 1 is a witch. Like, what kind of witch? Like, Disney witch, Blair Witch witch? A witch? Is there different ones? I didn't know there was different witches. Oh, boy, I'm getting hot. I'm getting hot. <laughs> I can, are you pacing? Are you pacing? I, I am pacing. Can you hear me? I'm out of breath. 
I'm out of breath. <laughs> did you at one point? Did you at one point think of throwing the phone? Uh, no, no. But I, I, I thought at one point of hanging up on you and then trying, you know, what you said earlier, texting back and forth, and then finally just not talking to you anymore. Okay, what's your number one? Uh, so my number, my number one kind of costume is any any costume resembling an historical figure because those are always fantastic yes <laughs> for instance an example i went as steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter last year and i just kept walking around pretending that i was getting stung in the chest by a stingray r.i.p by the way that's this is horribly offensive did you ever think that maybe I shouldn't be Steve Irwin? No, actually, never. What other historical figures have you seen good costumes of, though? Uh, presidents are usually pretty awesome. Like I saw a really awesome Teddy Roosevelt once. Yeah, I feel like you could use the reuse the Teddy Roosevelt costume for Mark Twain, and no one would know. <laughs> probably Lance Armstrong with one testicle I've seen, which is pretty funny. The probably the best one, just, just because I'm a nerd is a Barry Bo- a steroided-out Barry Bonds costume, which is hilarious. What did they, they just put, like, those little muscle things all over him? Yeah, so it's like that muscle suit, but, like, it's an oversized muscle suit, so, like, the biceps and the abs are, like, five times larger than, like, the whole rest of his body. He actually won Best Costume that uh, that Halloween party. So. Did, he, did he get money for it? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure he got a, a case of PBR, I think. Yeah, see, that's why Halloween to me has always been... It's too much work for those kind of costumes. That's why you go, like, ghost? Just take an old bed sheet and put it over your head. It's a great costume. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's be careful about, about what you just said there. Well, you, yeah. you, gotta, you gotta make sure it doesn't look like another kind of costume. So. You can easily make the ghost into the KKK guy. You just really gotta watch it. <laughs> yeah, make sure that your hair's not sticking up that day. That's all I'll say. Yeah, no hat. No hats underneath it. <laughs> now it is time for the tip of the week. John Shull is here with the tip of the week. His ideas are so big you can only handle the tip. So here he is with just the tip of the week. What is your tip of the week? All right, I gotta make this fast because I, I, I got, I gotta get going here. But my tip of the week was: Do you actually so have something to do, or are you gonna watch the baseball game? Uh, I gotta watch the baseball game, but that's for that's anyways. <laughs> um, so I have a newborn. I think most people that listen to this will know that. And if, and if you do, I have a newborn. Three weeks. I worked hard on getting her here. No big deal. Uh, uh, I usually feed her before I go into work. And I think it was Wednesday, I go into work, I'm wearing this black, like, cardigan sweater. Really nice, it's, you know, it's warm, blah, blah, blah. Mistake number one. I I walk into work, and, you know, I think I got my shit together, you know, every, you know, I'm feeling good, I got like an hour of sleep that night, and um, I'm about an hour of work in, and one of our photographers, Matt Phillips, comes up to me and he goes, oh, baby, spit up on you this morning, eh? And I had no idea what he referred to. And I looked down at my stomach, 
and it literally looked like I jerked off an elephant onto my stomach. <laughs> I mean, there was spit up. And, I mean, I'm a bigger guy, so like I, I got a decent-sized stomach, and like from my pretend right ab to my pretend left ab, where they would be, was just this big puddle of spit up that I had no idea was there. So my tip of the week is when, you know, make sure you know what uh, what's going on before you think you have your life together and you have no idea uh, of anything and you don't have your life together. Question. Why do you call it a cardigan? I was just trying to sound fancy. I don't know. Other question that I thought of. How how many pounds and I listen, I'm not trying to make funny. How many pounds away are you from being able to basically just wear shorts all the time? Oh man. Uh 20. Cuz that's that's when you make a big lifestyle change is when you're going shorts all day. Oh man. Well, <laughs> well no, I wouldn't say 20. I you know because I can still get out there and run a mile with a guy who weighs 160 pounds. Or I can still get on the bench press and put up 95 pounds 25 times. You know what I mean? For as out of shape as I am, if I actually put any kind of thought and effort behind it, I would be 50 pounds away from permanent shorts. Man, I just want to just get, get to permanent shorts once. Just once. How and can- I don't think I will be there because I just... I, I, I just uh, talked to a personal trainer, and I think we're going to get back into the swing of things. I, I, I'm glad that that that's kind of brought up, actually, because I've been meaning to tell you that uh, I'm, I'm trying to relive my glory days, and uh, I'm going to try to make the USA uh, marathon team for the next Olympics. I, um, I would like to bet on that, and I would literally put all the money I have or have ever had and will have on that probably won't happen. I, I honestly think that being able to run a marathon at the speed and the pace that they do, that might be the most impressive physical accomplishment that humans are capable of. Because you're averaging essentially 13 miles an hour, which I don't think that most people could sprint for two hours. So so here's a fun fact about me that you didn't know. I love I love competitive marathon racing. Like I will, I will keep up on the events year round. Like I, I, I agree with you. And let's be clear here: when you say you like to keep up with it, you keep up with it from watching it, not from doing it. Oh yeah, yeah, God yeah. Even though, even though I, I have, I have completed a half marathon before. I think that this is a great place to end because this all circles back around to my original point in that you love sports you're not any good at. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. But before we go, I want to mention three things really quickly. Number one, I want to thank Peter Avalon for coming on the show. I thought it was really interesting to hear his journey as an independent wrestler. If you want to connect with him or if you want to leave us any comments about the show, you can find him and you can leave comments on any of our social media accounts. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Number two... I want to thank you guys so much for listening. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. If you tell a friend, it really helps us out. We really appreciate it. And number three, I want to leave you 
with this conversation that somehow John and I got into. I don't remember how we got into it. I don't really even know what it was about, but we got into this into this discussion, and I just want to know what you guys think about am I the idiot for not understanding what he was saying here, or did he just make an unfunny joke? Also at the end of this is our new ending. And then it ends up going the other way. No, I think accidental success is really how what most people end up doing. Like, they just kind of walk into things. Like, for instance, I thought I hit Mega Millions the other night. And then I realized that I didn't. So I cried for five minutes. And then I moved on with my life. Which number, how many numbers did you get? Uh, one and a half. How do you get one and a half numbers? Because I had one of the numbers, and then I had, uh, like, the first digit out of another set of numbers. What? So, I, so like, I, I, had, I had, like, a 70, and then one of the numbers was, like, 65, and I had a 63. So I had one and a half numbers. What? I know. They get really confused when you try to cash it in, and you're like, no. I had half a number. I don't... What? <laughs> did you uh, say... I just realized I actually hung up on you. That's my fault. I thought... <laughs> Wait. What are you... I don't understand what you're... How do First you... First off, it was, it was supposed to be a joke, and <laughs> you're... Because you're, you don't understand. Maybe, like, now, now it's turning into this whole thing that I'm going to have to explain. All I was... The joke that I was making was... I had I had one of the numbers, right? The numbers are like 10, 15, 40, 80, 90, right? Those are the numbers that the ball that come on the balls, right? Uh-huh. I had like a 15 and then I had like an 85. So because the number that was drawn was an 80, I said that I had half the number with the 8 giving me one and a half numbers correct. Oh, so like if the number was 63, you were trying to say that even though you had 61, you had the 6, so that was... Yeah. Okay. So it was really just not a good joke. I thought it was funny. It seemed to flow in my brain. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.